between the wisdom passed down by ancient healing traditions, anecdotal experience, and modern clinical trials, one thing is clear. Mushrooms are medicinal powerhouses. And I finally found a brand, a product, a company that I feel really aligns with all of my research and understanding when it comes to the medicinal properties of mushrooms, and that is Alchemy Mushrooms. They grow their mushrooms in California on organic mushroom farms. They keep the whole mushroom in their supplements, and they actually blend mycelium and fruit body in their mushroom powders and capsules to give you the best of both worlds. You can learn more at Alchemy Mushrooms. That's A-L-C-H-E-M-I, alchemymushrooms.com. Use the discount code MUSHROOMHOUR for 20% off your order. Alchemy with an I, mushrooms.com. Hi there. Welcome to Mushroom Hour. Today on Mushroom Hour, we're graced by the presence of Shane Norte. Shane is enrolled in the Morongo Band of Indians, a billion-dollar tribe in Southern California. He is founder and spiritual leader of Church of the People for Creator and Mother Earth and a board member for Decriminalized Nature National. And he's done extensive work helping tribes fight against corporations destroying native lands. Currently, Shane's church has one ground on his lands on the La Jolla Indian Reservation. It is the church's mission to help those seeking to better their spiritual knowledge and overall knowledge about being a better indigenous person and a human being here on earth. I'm excited to learn more about his psychedelic ceremonies from an authentic indigenous perspective and how he performs these ceremonies in natural settings. Shane, thank you so much for joining us on the Mushroom Hour. Yeah, thank you. It's uh, it's an honor to be here and uh, glad to talk, you know, and express uh, some good things about, you know, psychedelic movement, uh, what's going on here at the church, uh, you know, also with, you know, my lineage and ancestry, you know, and everything that's going on with, uh, you know, psychedelics here, you know, at the church. Yeah, and I really appreciate you reaching out because it is a viewpoint. I think your culture, your ancestry gives you a viewpoint and a perspective that people are becoming more conscious that is needed and needs to be at the forefront of the emerging psychedelic movement. But I don't think it's always there. So I love having you on and having that perspective brought by someone who who really knows it and lives it. Yeah. I mean, why don't we kick things off with just a little origin story of who you are, maybe some background about your ancestry and culture and what brought you to having uh, a relationship with fungi. Shane Norty, you know, I'm coming out of Southern California. I'm Paiute, Isenio, Serrano, and uh, Lakota. And um, it's been a beautiful journey. You know, prior before getting into uh, psychedelics, you know, I was uh, fighting a copper mine, one of the biggest copper mines in the United States. Uh, they were trying to extract $60 billion worth of copper from uh, Apache Sacred Site out in um, Arizona area, about maybe... 50 miles east towards, you know, out of uh, Phoenix. And so from there, you know, I started getting my understandings of, um, you know, just being an indigenous person. Cause prior before that, you know, I was going to play football and I was going to use, uh, you know, football and division one football to kind of, you know, get to the community and just, you know, talk to the community and, and let them know, you know, there's some good things out there for natives, you know, there's better things and being on the res and, you know, drinking and doing drugs and, you know, just all those things. So from in that time, you know, I just, that's actually where I got into, you know, mushrooms. 
I had a friend, we were playing football and uh, he just came up to me, you know, and he's like, have you ever tried mushrooms? And I was like, no, you know, I haven't, I haven't really uh, checked them out, you know, or seen any of that nature. And uh, he's like, okay, he's like, I'll give you some free. You know, I was just like, well, what, what's it like? You know, I was like, what, what do you think it's like? And he's like, well, cause I don't know how to explain it that much, but um, he's like, just say that uh, it sounds like God hears you when you pray. He's like, I could just say that, you know, he's like, I took it and I was praying. And he's like, I just felt like God can hear me. God can understand me. God can, you know, feel my prayers. So I was like, all right, cool. That's all I needed, you know, because growing up, you know, I went to Christian Catholic school. You know, I was really hammered down with, you know, the ideologies and things of, you know, religion and, you know, their beliefs and everything. And so it was kind of like a relief for me because when I was in Christian Catholic school, that's one thing that I was really striving for was to like, better my relationship with God, his earth, and just getting acquainted because that's all they ever talked about there, you know, is being saved and knowing God and Jesus and, you know, everything of that nature. And so that was always something of mine, a drive. And so I ended up taking that medicine. And uh, from that time, you know, I was just restarted. I was rebooted. You know, I was just shown, you know, my lineage, my heritage, who I am, what I'm supposed to do, and uh, just shown the aspect of, like, uh, football. And because that, that's just draining, you know, football life, college life, football, whether you're JC, Division One, usually Division One's, you know, already set up. It's all nice. It's pretty. But at the JC level, you know, it's, it's a grind. You know, you got a lot of people really trying to get to that Division One, really trying to make it out, you know, the hood, the ghetto, you know, stop from selling drugs, you know, all these things. People got kids. People got, you know, all these things, which is like I say, the Division One, you know, they're still in the same thing. But I always say it's, it's set up nice, you know, so it was like really uh hard right. you know on the body on the the mind you know like i can tell people it's monday through sunday you know crushing heads you know hitting people you know at the time i was 315 pounds you know a lot of people don't understand as linemen it's like you're you're constantly every every play you're hitting you're hitting whether it's a dn defensive end whether it's a linebacker you know it's like you're constantly hitting you know more than running backs receivers you know and it's like that's what i try to tell people is like you got a 315 pound plus 330 pound man versus like a 285, 295, both equivalent to bench pressing between 400 to 600 pounds squatting. So it's like I said, you're constantly hitting, you know, in your head, your body, you know, everything. So in that time, it's like a car I was really starting every to feel time. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I started to, I used to take a day off of practice, you know, just to recover, just to get my mind right, my body. But in that time when I took the medicine, it just showed me like, hey, you know, you want to find out for yourself or you want to have someone try to like tell you what it is. So in that time, you know, after that medicine, you know, that next day I went back to, you know, the college I was going to and quit football, dropped all my classes. And then I got kicked out. <laughs> I got kicked out of my house, you know, because my mom and dad were really happy that I was going to, you know, play football and do good, you know. And I just quit all that, you know. And uh, from there, you know, it's when it kind of hit my journey. And then, uh, you know, that's when I started living by myself. And then I got taken out to, um, like I said, Arizona. And that's where I started getting acquainted with just being indigenous, you know, seeing how other people did ceremonies, seeing how, you know, indigenous people in today's time made themselves as modern native people as they can. Because I always tell people like, you know, it's not like it's the old days where you, you know, got all these skins and you're, you know, out in this on a horse and it's not like that, you know? And so it's like all these misconceptions. It was cool to like really learn how to like, decolonize and modernize i guess to say because i always tell people even natives it's like times are changing you cannot accept the fact that we got all these technologies and you know certain things around us so in that time i just started to really uh just understand how to ground myself how to connect myself how to pray even because before 
I only knew prayer through religious aspects to the church, to the schools that I went to. You know, it wasn't necessarily like from an indigenous perspective of how to ground oneself and pray and understand the creator mother earth in a in a whole context instead of limiting it and cutting off everything that's around it. Cause you know, that's one thing I always told religious people. It's like, why be so secluded in your church and your materialistic things when it's like God is everything, you know, the water, the air, the trees, the animals, the light, sun, mm. stars, they're everything. I try to tell them like as native people, who were the closest we could be to God, what people call God. It's like, other than that, we were dead. That's, that's where you can do everything else. But it's like, other than that, we're the closest thing to creation. So that's one thing like where it taught me that respect and deep reverence of like my ancestors of how like there was more to it. You know, there was more deep connection. And so in that time, you know, I, I really got an understanding of prayer. And then from there, it took me all over the country. You know, we met with over 500 different tribes, you know, went up to DC multiple times, you know, got Bernie Sanders to co-sign a bill, halt the mining, get some things going. Uh, Raul Gahava, Senator Raul Gahava, you know, we we're on Vice Land. Many things we've accomplished, you know, put Native America, you know, in terms of the movements, got people more encouraged to get back into the movements, you know, and it was a beautiful thing. You know, I was at Standing Rock, you know, Tarzan, all these other different movements with my bros when we moved out through the country, you know, met them through, you know, the movement, praying and fighting, you know, for our indigenous sites and basically our right to be native and pray and heal and go back to our sacred sites. And so in that time, I just realized, you know, I needed to go home because I kind of, not necessarily I felt used, but I felt like in that way I was being used. And I was like, man, I can, uh, I can bring this movement to my people. I can bring this vision to my people. And in that time, uh, through that journey, you know, that six year journey. And so out and doing, uh, activism work, I was also continually doing mushrooms too. Like that's where I kept just going back and checking in, you know, getting things reassured and getting things like um, locked in to where I needed to figure out how to maneuver because I was, you know, all these other natives, you know, they have their ways, their culture, you know, they have their ceremonies and traditions. And myself, I didn't grow up knowing any of my culture or tradition. You know, I didn't have my grandpa and I didn't have my mom or my dad, anyone like, you know, this is how you do it, son. You know, we're going to go into ceremony this weekend. You know, we're going to go do this. You need to do that. It's like never had any of that so it was like now to finally come back home you know i was just uh, talking with my mother and i was kind of upset because i was like why the hell aren't people like realizing this stuff we're the first people here the ones who were originally like connected the ones who originally knew about like organic farming and diet and you know mental health and, and traumas getting through traumas and dealing with life issues and in general you know and knowing our environment way more than what we know today. And uh, so she's like, okay, like I'm going to take you to this spot. And she's like, well, when we go to this spot, don't, don't be so angry, you know, don't take all that with you, you know, just know that, you know, our people have always mm -hmm. done this stuff. Our people have always used plant medicines to heal. Our people have always like got rid of sickness and bad things. You know, we've always fought against, you know, bad things and we come out, you know, she's basically trying to tell me like, you know, let it get to you. So this rock we ended up going to and uh, we ended up hiking to it. It's kind of like where our, um, our women have their puberty rite ceremonies. And then after they come out, they'll paint on the rock, you know, what they see, what they came across in their vision or whatnot, because they, they bury them in the ground for a couple of days. And so in that time, you know, things come to them, you know, creator Mother Earth, tell them how to be, how to be a woman, you know, how to be on this earth and how to be that part as a woman, what to do, what not to do. So when they come up, they'll draw on the rock. And I was talking to this woman who's like a culture person around here. And she was saying that those rocks are like kind of like maps in a sense. Like if someone were to come into your territory and they were to look at that rock, 
it, it tell them what's in the territory and like what they're going to encounter, what the territory envisions. Kind of mm-hmm. like if you're at a mall and it's like, hey, you are here and this is what's all here. You know, so it was basically like it was a landmark for those coming in to show you like, hey, this is this is the territory you're coming in. And like this is what's here and this is what you're going to encounter here if you're to be in this area. So and then to find out um, there's mushrooms, there's two mushrooms coming out the side. You know, that's that's one of the pictures that I have. And uh, you know, at that moment, that's when I realized, like, man, and no wonder it makes sense, because as on my journey into mushrooms, I was just like, I was just so connected to it. You know, I was just so like one with it. And I was trying to figure out, like, why? Why is that sense? You know, why? There's got to be a correlation and a relation to that. So once I seen that, it you know, it's just made total sense. And I was like, you know what? It's it's right there. It's who, it's who we are. It's what we already did. You know, it's 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 part of us it's something we've already done and been a part of and so you know fast forward a little bit in that time uh, my dad got sick you know he got cancer and uh, he passed and so in that time I always tell people you know on the reservation they use the catholic system a lot of burying people whether it's um you know the mass the open body the dirt on the casket and I always tell people that like, in that self it's traumatizing a lot of people don't like talk about it but to see your loved one embalmed and then have to go through the funeral process and have to buy like your, your loved one back from the morgue and have them be gutted and embalmed, you know, all that stuff. It's, it's not good, you know, and it sounds barbaric when you, yeah, when, yeah, you lay and, like, when people to normalize it, it's kind of like, it's, it's kind of not good for us. Like, uh, we cremated, you know, that's how we, that's how we took care of our dead. We cremated, you know, I always tell people that in itself is a, could be traumatizing too to see your your loved one be cremated in front of you but at the same time if it's custom and traditions and for hundreds of thousands of years practice uh to me it'd be a little bit more easier than just have to go through the you know the embalmed body open casket you know not everyone does it but i know a majority of people go through similar things like that and they go through they've seen it you know and so like for me you know that's kind of where i had to get my healing because i didn't like that you know because you know, my dad even wanted to be cremated in the family. You know, they didn't want that. And so, like, it was just kind of dumb that I had to see that and go through that knowing, you know, my dad was a handsome, really uh, good-looking man, you know, honorable man. And then just to see him all puffy and, you know, eyes all swollen shut and just feeling like an icicle. It's like, nah, man, that shit ain't cool. You know, and then for, like, you know, them not to have any precautions for us. Like, so I always tell people after funerals, like, that don't mean their pain is gone. That don't mean like you're going to not hurt. So it's like for the way we did our, our ceremonies for funerals, it was like it was psychologically preparing you. Like, for instance, like for one of our ways, what we do is we'd gather all their belongings, whether it's their clothes, their pictures, their this or that. And you get the family and you pass it all around the family. And as it's going on, you know, there's usually a fire or you got bird singers. They're singing all night. And in that time, you know, you can cry, you can laugh, but basically you have that time to mourn. There's even time where people scream, you know, do all these things, you know, and then after all that, they gather it all, you know, and then they'll they'll burn it. And they'll burn it all, you know, and then they go around like kind of telling stories, talking about, you know, the people, you know, what they did, what the good things, you know, and then after that, it's like, but as this is going on, it's it's continual. It's like a day to night thing, you know. And as they keep going, then they start getting the body ready for cremation, you know, and then all of that. And then basically they'll get the family and they either do it in the ceremony, whether it be, you know, for us, they did it sometimes in the womkish or they did offset. But in the time, that's when they would cremate the body. 
And usually the family will turn their backs or, you know, they watch. And in that time, you got singers, you got the medicine man. But I always say in all that process, it preps you versus like, okay, I got to call the morgue. I got to send the body in, boom, boom, boom. And then like, it's over versus like actually spending time with your loved one, even with the body. You know, a lot of people, when someone dies, they'll call the morgue and they'll get the body out right away. But it's like, it takes a while for the body to actually decompose. It's like, to let that set in, you know, there's, like I said, there's different things that our people did. And to me, like as a modern person thinking, it's like, I think it just psychologically prepped you. It psychologically got you. Yeah. Like, hey, they're gone. They're not here. Like they're dead. Like versus sometimes people are just like, oh man, they're not gone. Or they want to stay in that little haze or that little, you know. So outside of that, you know, I, I, I got with my uh, relatives from Oklahoma and uh, they do NAC. They work with peyote. And so I ended up bringing them down and uh, we had a beautiful ceremony. And in that time, I had a realization. I was like, man, this is a healing spot. You know, not just me. I was like, everyone in the ceremony has lost someone or been through something similar to me. And uh, at the time, I was only, you know, 24. I'm only 26. And so, like, I was just trying to conceptualize and break it down. And so I just made us like a, I guess, a pact of myself. At that moment, I was like, you know, this is going to be a spot for healing, whether it's for me, my family, my kids, other people. I was like, well, it's time now to put this to work because I've seen it now in a, in a whole setting and it happened here. You know, so in that time, I uh, started practicing my ceremony, built my sweat. I started, uh, you know, really getting accustomed to the medicine and what I was doing. And then uh, I got in touch with one of my uh, my aunts, uh, her husband. He was just talking to me about um one of the old medicine people around here, his name was uh, Boogie, and uh, he was just telling me how his family was the last people to pretty much practice ceremony and have like the understandings of our people and traditions around here in these mountains. And he's like, hey, man, like I'm going to bring him over. Like I'm going to bring him over to your house. And uh, he's kind of an older guy. You know, he's a Vietnam veteran and whatnot. So he brought him over and, um, you know, he brought his medicine with us. And uh, it's our elderberry. We use elderberry, too, to get rid of things. He brought it over and he was just expressing to me like how to use it, why we use it and how to clean yourself and people and your home. And then uh, he took me outside and he was just telling me how to bless the land and my property and everything. And then I took him to the to the Womkish and I was like, hey, I was like, what is this? I was like, I know we had a name for this, like in our language. I was like, what, what do we call this? And he's like, that, that's your Womkish. He's like, that's our big house. And he's like, that's where you you check in. You know, you check in with Creator and Mother Earth, and uh, it's our people. You know, our people have always got through things, and you know, take care of it. You know, it's good as long as you do things right. You do it for good. It's like it's a good thing. It's for our people. It's for us. It's been here, you know. And he's like, it's yours. Take care of it. And so from there, that's why I was kind of like, mm. like an honor to receive that, because like everyone around here in the reservation knows, like, that's the last medicine person, the last one to hold the traditional ways and the whole tribes out here. It's kind of an honor to receive that blessing. That's also proven to myself that this is real because there's days where, you know, I'm like, oh, man, is this real? Because I've had so much happen in the past two years, you know, like uh, I always tell people like I was supposed to be on that HBO special with Brian Gumble and Daniel Carcillo and all them, you know, but it's like the way they treated me, the way the producer like wanted to film and in intrude on the ceremony. I was like, no, you know, and like worked with a lot of these people and a lot of the the rudeness, the unknowingness of like what natives understand already of the like culture appropriation and how people use us as like uh, poster boys and women. I've been in the native movement for a long time, 
and I've seen it. I've been on mega networks, TV networks, have bros who've been in big networks, big television series, whatever you want to say. It's like, so I know how these billion dollar corporations come and I know how they talk and I know how sneaky they are. So it was like, you know, I didn't like all that, you know, and then um, just to like, you know, go through it, it, it kind of just threw me for a loop. I just started to realize like, you know, fuck it, you know, like, you know, maybe I'm not doing it right. Maybe this isn't working right. Maybe, you know, I started downing myself. And then, then I started to realize, you know, have actual ancestral lineage, actual ties. You know, I'm not just out here trying to fake, fake the funk. I'm not out here just like throwing all my crystals and I'm not over here with my sound bowls. I'm not over here with like all this other shit. It's like, <laughs> I'm here with my people, you know, I'm here culturally, lineagely tied to it. And so in that moment, that's when I was just like, all right, like, I got to pick my shit up, you know? So then in that moment, uh, between those times, you know, I actually uh, was working with uh, Decriminalized Nature, Oakland, working with Carlos Pozzola at the time. You know, I invited him down and we had a beautiful ceremony. And so from there, I built a relationship with him, started getting in contact. And then um, <clears throat> not too long, you know, after our, our contacts, we ended up uh, having a meeting and having a discussion and they ended up voting me on the board. So it was beautiful to become a board member, decriminalized nature, national. Just from there, it's just been an honor, you know, working, being with everyone, uh, you know, working with veterans, walk and talk, you know, working with, you know, all these people, Jesse Gold, Heroics Hearts, even though they don't show up, but it's like, I'm still pushing out because for me, I'm just like, I don't care about the fundraising. I don't care about the money. I do this shit for free. And uh, I'm having results. So it's like, you could do your thing. All the people out there do your thing. But it's like, don't discredit someone who actually has ancestral lineage, actual ties, who's doing it for free in his yard and is having results, real results with 15 grams plus. And it's like, there's no real big research being done on 15 to 20 plus grams plus. And I'm talking like big research. There's People who are like, yeah, I do it once or twice a year, but it's like, nah, every other couple of weeks with big groups, it's like, no one's talking about that. No one's talking about, just like my boy says, we got macro doses, we got micro doses in our teeth, like after we chew our medicine. And that's where I want to get mm. to this point of like, I'm done playing around because I already went through the little loop and the little show. And now I just see everyone donate, 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 fundraise, fundraise, fundraise. It's like, where's the work? Where's the real work? I can I can call up every person who's been in this church and have testimonies. I have Navy SEALs here. I've had Army, Marines, everybody, Army, UFC people, like NHL. Like I'm working with so many people and it's like I can get all my receipts. And it's like I don't have million dollars. I don't have John Hopkins. I don't have all these people. But it's like I'm talking to all of them. We're sponsored by Dr. Bronner's. Talk to that guy. He lives 45 minutes away from here. So all these things are going on. And I'm just kind of tired of like the jokes now. There's real people dying. There's real people hurt. There's real people that need some healing. Some people don't got a couple thousand dollars to go here. Some people don't got that. Some people don't got the money to, or the time to fly down there. This It's like, we need to make equitable fucking solutions. And for me, I do it for free. So I'm just like, make it free. But people are like, I got to pay bills. I don't want to do this for free. It's like, well, what the fuck are you doing this for then? <laughs> right. Is it about the money? And that was one of my big questions. Uh, first of all, just thank you for sharing that story of discovery. I think you also pointed out that the living native tradition and how much is being rediscovered right now by people like yourself. And thank God for that friend that introduced you to mushrooms that took you off the football field, out of that track. And it's funny because you talked about that 
kind of rediscovered your ancestors. And I've heard that from different people that have had mushrooms be a conduit or bridge to reach back and like remember their ancestry. And suddenly they got way more interested and they started discovering about how this was an integral part of their society. I'm sure there's parts of native DNA that, you know, resonate with those kind of ceremonies, have a relationship with those kind of plants and fungi. So just hearing you tell that story is really vivid and kind of brings all that to life. And I also love what you said about technology and culture. They aren't always one and the same. You can keep a culture rooted in authenticity. And from what you're describing, the kind of native worldview and culture and how things were approached, it sounds refreshingly human. You know, that's the one thing I always talk with people about now is our society isn't really made for humans anymore. Yeah, the way we clinically handle different social situations, the motivations that dictate how we behave, it's not really about lifting up and elevating each other as humans. It's very like machine-like. So what you're describing is this very human-based system. And so the fact that you're able to reconnect with that and then bring in technology, you know, this is a living tradition. It doesn't mean you have to go backwards. It doesn't mean it's like, no, the technology can be brought into this cultural tradition and enhance it. it the, the way you told that was just beautiful. So I wanted to call that out. Uh, and then I guess what you're talking about is the founding then of the church of the people creator and mother earth. So just tell us where that's located and you've kind of told it in the story there, but just how that church came together really. And for people that are inspired listening to this and want to set this up, because I think when you talked about bringing it local, that's really the answer for spreading this kind of healing. If you're not in it for the money, it's kind of spreading this to that local level. Like we need a million chains to go out and hold down this kind of space. So what what was it like to start that for you? Is there anything formal or was it just doing the work, the group coalesced around it? No, um, no, thanks for asking that. You know, that's one reason why I'm glad doing more podcasts. because I love these questions for me. I'm just like waiting for these questions. Hey, when it started, it was like I was doing it for a while and uh, I didn't have no church status. I didn't have no 501c3, none of that, no religious, none of that. And um, I was just sitting there thinking, I was like, what the hell, man? I was like, why the hell isn't like our tribe protecting like our ceremonial rights? Like, so at the time, my uncle was the chairman and I started to talk to him about like the Womkish and our traditional roots. And I was just telling him like, you know, we need some protection here. Like we need some protection and it should be our right to have our cultural like ceremonies and our healing. Like it's our traditional rights, regardless of like what the United States government has to say. We've been doing it way before they had an opinion on what we believe in. And so like at that time I started doing research and uh, I found the Native Religious Freedom Law Act where actually where Native Americans were granted religious freedom in like 1978. So it's like not too long ago, we were barely given rights to pray, to do our ceremonies, to have our, our feathers, our staffs, everything of that nature. So in that time, because it states in there saying that everything prior that was deemed illegal is now legal on the reservation or private property or you're part of a sovereign federally recognized tribe so at that time i was like holy shit. basically that's just that's huge you know and so at that time i was like you know and then i started looking at the constitution you know religious freedom all that and i was like you know i was like all these other people get to start like mormon churches and this and that there's marijuana churches in california <laughs> and i was like dude there's so much bullshit out there i was like why the fuck can't i just like jump in this mix myself so i was like all right i ended up calling um my homie, he's a, he's a lawyer, and then he has another homegirl who works with cannabis churches. 
And so um, we got together, started writing up bylaws, everything. You know, we ended up creating the church. And at the time, I was trying to think of a name. I was just like, there's so many names out there, like names, like doozies, you know. What's up, Sonny? Hey, what's up? Hey, say what's up. Hey, what's and up? Um, I really wanted to pick something that was like not only original, but like you were saying, human, church of the people. So I always say, like, I don't care what race you are. I don't care what you have because you're the people. Because I've had everybody come here. Leave that alone, son. I've had everyone come here. I've had whites, blacks, Mexicans, Filipinos, Asians, natives. You know, I've had so many walks of life come here. And uh, so that's where I came up with the time of, like, the people. Because I've noticed, like, in today's times, there's so much disconnection from people. There's just so much disconnection from, like, humans in general. And so that's where I was like, okay, like, we're going to be the people. Because in our traditional, like, names for our, our people, like, our languages it, it translates to the people like when we have original names said in our language for our people it, it means the people so that's where i wanted to start with church of the people say hey son and so in that time so the church of the people so it's the church of the people and then i was like okay like well what's it for because some people be like oh church of light church of this church of that so i'm like well i was just expressing of like i really do need to make this as simple as possible so i was like okay you know, make it creator mother earth. Cause it's like, as far as me, that's, that's what I believe in, you know, and that's, that's what's gotten me here. And it's like, all of this has gotten to where I've gone now and there's no denying it. And that's where I was like, okay, well, I'm going to keep it here. Cause if you can't relate to the creator, you could definitely relate to the earth. Cause it don't matter what you believe in. The earth <laughs> provides you life, provides you your the water, your air, your food, yeah. the land you walk on, you know, the night, the, the day, you know, everything that people, so like, you don't believe in creator mother earth i mean you don't believe in god or creator shit you can believe in the earth the earth i don't care you can believe hell that the sun won't rise tomorrow it's gonna still fucking rise you can believe that water won't help you you don't drink enough you're gonna die you can you know so i'm just like the earth is something that no human it's like a universal law that like no human can deny no human can you know so that's where i want to keep it at that because i want to tell the people again it's like it's for creator mother earth because at the end of the day like that's what it's for because we're checking in and we need help. We need help from creator and mother earth, you know, because we're the children and, you know, we're the people. So that's where I just thought of the whole concept of churches, people for creator mother earth, you know, just the people needing to come together for creator mother earth. Well, and names have power like that. And actually sometimes the English language doesn't really have the right words to convey a message or an energy. And so I think you picked out, words that actually do fit that everyone can resonate with and just what i'm struck by so much is the authenticity of this message and you know how for you it's it's really about reaching as broad a group of people as possible and using these medicines to help people right at the end of the day that's what this is about this isn't about you know shane developing a protocol of psychedelic therapy that he's going to patent or this isn't like no this is about bringing people together and learning together how to use these medicines, what that looks like, because there's been such a long suppression and I would guess a separation of native people from these traditional medicines they've used, that there needs to be this rediscovery and time to build an authentic tradition. Yeah, that just comes through so strong. That's what you're trying to do. Yeah, no, and not only that, but also show my people what we do is not wrong because uh, a lot of our people before the government the church really came and destroyed us. Like I always say, like 
my practice that I do, if I was alive right now in like 1700s when the churches were here, I would have been murdered. I would have been burnt alive. I would have had my family killed in front of me. Like I would have been labeled as like a witch, a devil worshiper. You know, that's not that long ago either. Just like, you know, my, my people here, the Lasanos built one of the 13 missions here, you know, just like where I go get my cedars. They forced our men, you know, cut off their big toe and forced them to carry those cedars, build that hand by church. You know, to me, they try to, that was some sick shit to try to like make us feel like some Christ shit carrying the cross to Jerusalem. And it's like, nah, man, like we still did it and we still prayed and we still gave honor to your God, to your beliefs, thinking that you were going to help us, help our kids. And, uh, nah, you killed us. You murdered us. Just like I say, look at the stuff going on in Canada with the residential schools. That should happen here too. Probably before then, you know, because I always tell people before up there in the east, there was a lot coming down here in the west coast. There was a lot of ships that landed down here just as much as up there and down on the east everywhere. So, like, that's where, you know, for me now, that's where I'm trying to bring light to my people to show, like, we're not bad. We believe in God and this earth just like any other faith-based religion in this, in this country, in this world. And it's like for us to not be given that respect is you know, and it's even for our own tribe. That's why I get so pissed because it's like you guys can fight for casinos. Like, for instance, Morongo, we're a billion-dollar tribe. You know, our casino pulls in $20 billion plus a year, just a casino. But it's like we don't have no organic farming. We don't have no protection of our ceremonies, of our lands. We're not buying land back. You know, Sam and Well just bought the Palms fucking casino, but they can't buy from organic farming. They can't get culture restoration. They can't lobby to the government to say stay the fuck out of our ceremonies and our beliefs with god in this earth you know we're the biggest lobbyists and taxpayers in california it's like why not shift that to mental health organic farming and culture regeneration and so that's kind of like where i'm trying to take it with what i'm doing because i'm trying to show my people again like hey we're not bad people you know they put these things on us they forced us hell murdered us at times now you know it's, it's simple now it's easy but Back in the days, you know, you didn't have a choice. You couldn't be happy about it. You were killed or you were raped or beat just because of how we prayed, just because of how close we were to God in this earth. And so that's where, for me, I'm trying to bring that back to just humans in general. Because I'm trying to tell people, like, hey, look at the look at the humans here. They've been here for 500 plus years. And look how shitty this this part of the earth is now. You know, there's a reason why. And it's the, the lack of knowledge of creator of Mother Earth. And to me, it's like, Who's going to know more about that than the first people here? It's in our DNA. Yes, every other human has DNA lineage, but it's like to hear, no, most people's DNA, you go back 500 plus years ago, it's across seas. It's across seas on a whole different land base that God placed them. But it's like, this ain't the east, this ain't the south, this is the west. And God chose us here. And that's what I'm trying to say, like, there has to be an understanding of that because if not, then I feel like this country is going to continue to go down to shit because we had a key element to the human being here. We were the human beings here. We are the human beings here. And there's a resurgence in that understanding in certain ways. And this is where it gets tough because the idea of indigenous struggle, native indigenous culture here in America has gotten a lot of currency and people want to recognize the importance and speak about the importance. And you talked earlier about how people can exploit that. People can use that. A lot of times it shows up and I'm a victim of all of this stuff and just throwing around the words, not honoring the living tradition. 
And like you just described with that relationship where you probably have, you know, tribal leaders who have gotten kind of uh, seduced by Western European culture and are more interested in those motivations. And so it's not like there's individuals here. It's not just one big, oh, that's that's kind of the natives. Like, no, there's a whole complex system within there that you're trying to get people on the same page with understanding like these principles about land stewardship, about a spiritual worldview that really is best for the land and the people who live on it and making sure that has primacy. It, it's not just the salvation can't just be laid at the feet of anyone who's native and indigenous. Like as much as I think integrating aspects of native culture in this area is going to be key to anyone actually surviving here. We're all discovering that every principle that science is stumbling upon now is like restating something you'll find in traditional ecological knowledge. But to do that in a way that's also honoring the groups and the individuals within those groups, it's just a much more complex relationship than I think a lot of us who want to wave the, the native banner and use that and yeah. say, oh, these are the people that exactly. are going to save us. Like, just like with the it's land back movement and like everything, like I, I totally, that's why I get so fucking pissed at the native movement. Cause it's like, when I see half my dogs out there, I'm like, dog, like I used to ride with y'all. Like I used to goddamn shut shit down with y'all. I used to see y'all fuck around too. Like, so quit over here, like playing the funk when it's like, you ain't about that real life unless it's a photo shoot, unless it's a fucking video. Unless it's a fucking jacket being sold, unless a t-shirt being sold. And, you know, and it's like, you're only there for those fucking reasons. But it's like your day-to-day -day life, you're hustling, you're fucking looking for another gig, you're looking for another t-shirt to sell, you're looking for another, fucking, oh, I'm in jail, donate to my nonprofit and give me millions. Because half these cats, when they get locked up, they got celebrity friends, they got rich-ass people that just shoot them GoFundMes. And it's like, boom, 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 boom. Like... There's people in the movement that made millions of dollars from Standing Rock, from all these other things. It's like, that's so toxic to our community, to our kids. Cause it's like, what are you teaching a youth to hustle your culture? What are you teaching a youth to like stand up just to get likes? Are you teaching your kid to be powerful just to fucking have a show life, just to have people be like, that's good. When it's like, nah, fuck that. Like, as I got into arguing with my bro about um my bro's jacket, he has a jacket and it has a flag upside down and it says uh, native before America, but it has the KKK, you know, it offends a lot of people, you know, and, and as homies wanted to post with some guns, you know, and I was like, dude, I got a fucking staff. Like I'm a fucking staff carrier. Like I'm a staff carrier before I'll pick up a gun. Like, you know, cause as my people, it's like, we were already gun bearers. We already rode. We're the only ones to defeat the United States, the Lakota people. So it's like, we already proved who we are with guns. You know, we already proved who we are in that aspect. But now it's time to like bring back that peace. That's what that staff is. This is those feathers help with that peace, that that wisdom, that courage, that guidance, that strength, you know, that messenger, you know, from the heavens, you know, and that's kind of like where I'm trying to bring that shit back because a lot of people are just trying to flaunt it when it's like, man, you ain't doing it. Like, who are you healing? Who are you healing? Who are you healing with your lyrics and your shirts and, you know? <laughs> Well, and it sounds like psychedelics are such a key part to get people to really understand those spiritual principles that then end up guiding the action or the expression of that culture, not to kind of wave around the culture, but to really be living examples of it. It seems like the plant and fungi medicines were key parts to really understanding that on a cellular level uh, uh, like you do. 
Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, see, just from like me taking big doses and understanding myself and like my own brain and how I feel with myself, totally, man. Like, oil and water don't mix. <laughs> you know, it's like if you get past your trauma, which I'm not past fully my traumas, but I've come into a degree of where like, you know, I'm who I am and I can't fucking change that and I can't like be perfect, but I can strive to be better. But in that time, I'm just realizing like it's, it's literally helping me because I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and like just credit myself, but I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm super educated and like health and all this other shit, you know, that other people are pretty educated in. But through taking these medicines, it's like they're pushing me to be there. They're pushing me to change how I'm eating, to watch my water, to watch who I'm around, to like, it's like it's organically like showing me like, you know, and it's like, hey, that shit stinks. Get away from there. Or if you're going to continue to to go dwell on that shit, this is what's in that shit. And that shit's going to get to you pretty soon. Just like, you know, like, say, I, let's say I'm selling drugs or like, let's just say I'm a, a, a gangster. Right. And like, I'm trying to be this big ass macho guy. Like, it's cool. But eventually every dog has his day, you know, and that's kind of like what I'm trying to get at with like whatever you're doing in your life. If it's not good for you and you keep doing it, there's repercussions. Mm. You know, it don't matter. Just like if I'm going 150 on the freeway, I could be having a good time. May not have crashed yesterday. May have not have hit no one yesterday, but that don't mean that that can't happen today. And that's kind of what I'm trying to say with like, that's how the mushrooms are showing me like, chill out, eh? pump your brakes on, you know, your own destructive habits or your own destructive indulgences or look around you. It's telling you, it's a mirroring to you, you know, just like when I see in my people, you know, it's starting to reflect in me, whether it's how I eat, how I talk, how I feel about my body, how I, you know, and it's like, I need to get back to being healthy. I need to be back to being, you know, as native people, we were always walking, we were always running, we were always doing this or doing that. We were engaging. So that's kind of like where I want to see it because now I'm starting to feel the world's gunk getting to me at a, not only a cellular level, but now a mentally, physically and spiritual level. And I'm just like, I got to either change myself or I got to get this out to those who want to hear before like it's too late because I don't believe it's too late yet. I just feel like it's collectively a collective shift needs to change. That's all it needs to matter. Just, you know, if a thousand people can go to Starbucks. Imagine a thousand people went to the beach and picked up trash. It's all it is is a collective shift. It's not a matter of like, mm. oh, it's so much. If you can get a thousand people to go to Starbucks a day and spend that much time in the line waiting for that just to get plastic and a cup, whatever. Imagine a thousand people every other day going to the ocean picking up trash like just in a month that would accumulate you know <laughs> and you know why i know it works is because it happened to you it's happened to me we've seen that change in other people where we don't think about going to the starbucks now like we did when we were kind of in the cultural programming and so a lot of this too is talking about like whatever culture you're from there is i i kind of called it the european colonial virus. I don't think it's strictly European, but it's this worldview. It's kind of the hallmarks are top-down, heteronormative, male-dominated pyramid social structures. Those are really useful at controlling a lot of people. Uh, you always need some kind of system of value, usually monetary, that you can get people to ascribe, like trade their real values in for and get them on that. That's useful to control people. So you see this culture that's kind of adopted all these social technologies by which to control people. And we need to bring it back to like this more fundamental place of the age old question of like, 
what are we doing here? How do we interact with this world around us that's best for the health of all these other organisms that we're intimately connected with? It's better for the health of ourselves and our communities. And I, I always make the caveat when I'm talking about this show, like I don't encourage anyone use any substance, any regulated substance. This is all for educational, it's all opinion. But it seems like the anecdotes are that when you take these plant and fungi medicines, you tap into that understanding of, wow, I'm connected to everything. You kind of like oil and water, you see what is your true self versus what is cultural programming a lot easier. So I can see why you gravitated towards like, whoa, look at this effect this is having on me. If I can spread this, I'm resetting a new foundation for people to where we won't need to like you're saying, make this massive change where it's like a, a war against the old culture. It's like, no, once your fundamental belief systems are kind of brought back in alignment, you start making different decisions, you start moving differently. And I like that you just point out that everyone kind of needs to go through that in their own way. We can't assume that someone, because they're a member of a group or because we see them on some platform kind of being elevated, it doesn't mean they've already done that work. and yeah, I guess that where it gets back to like, are you actually doing the work to to change people like this? Yeah, no, that's that's one reason why I get so mad, and and lately I've just been like, Fuck it, you know, because these people are going to have to deal with the repercussions that come when all this shit starts coming. Because what I've seen in my ceremonies, it's like I can only imagine a controlled situation when someone doesn't follow protocol or when someone is dealing with some heavy traumas that maybe this book smart youtube internet psychedelic psychologists might not fucking fully understand because they've never fully seen a big dose setting or they've never seen anyone fully lose it so when that happens it's going to be very terrifying and it could be scary for some people some people can die some people get assaulted there's so many things that can happen and i'm like i hope these big dogs are ready for it and i hope that they're not just trying to pump people with a ketamine shot or they're just trying to do all these other weird things to people. When it's like, to me, I'd be violated if I went to some like pharmaceutical place or pharmaceutical model and they just fucked me up on some like synthetic shit. And they're just like, oh, well, they don't know. And here's this like, and I'm just like, nah, man, like I'd be scared, yo. Like I'd be scared. <laughs> and that's why I want to keep this the way it is because it's like, you ain't going to feel the earth in a synthetic environment. I can tell you that. I don't care what anyone knows. If you're in a synthetic environment versus sitting your ass on, on Mother Earth, it ain't going to compare. It ain't going to compare. And to try it, it's just it's a waste of time. It's a waste of all our time. Why not just be natural? And if you want to do the synthetic shit, like, do it. If you want to do it, like, do it. But be ready for repercussions, too, because it's not just rainbows and fucking unicorns. You know, and that's what I don't like, how this movement portrays that because it's like this shit is hard coming from a guy who deals with heavy trauma not only in my reservation and the people i come here but like just in general it's like it's not easy so i don't try to make it easy i'm just trying to show people like the work is easy but to show up is hardest but you know i've told so many people to come here and they're like oh i got this i got that and it's like all right cool <laughs> i got two kids <laughs> well, i got it, this i got that <laughs> man, you could think of any excuse to not do the work, you know, and I understand that there's always that hesitancy, the unknown. And just to tie your work to some larger movements, you know, we've talked about it, but just to kind of bring it together, it sounds like from what you're saying that there's kind of this separation because we all know how influential native land rights movements are 
and how that's pervaded like the US cultural consciousness just within the past couple of decades. And we're not exactly sure of how that's actually going to, or how that's going to change things, what that's going to look like, but it's undeniable that more people than ever are aware of it. But it sounds like this understanding of psychedelics and those traditions within native culture were actually really important to your ancestry. And they're not necessarily being brought along with the rest of the movement that's kind of emerging in our culture. Is that is that fair to say that the psychedelics piece, for whatever reason, that suppression, that taboo, all of that, it's not kind of being brought along with the package? Oh, yeah. No, I, I definitely feel that. Like, like even with my own crew, don't be mad decriminalized nature, but I'm just saying this. I'm tired of it too, and we'll talk. But, you know, they're talking a lot about like all this other things in context of like ceremonial things and whatnot. It's like you got a traditional ceremonial guy on your board right here. You want to try to convince, you know, senators and people about the sacredness because it's hard to convince sacredness when you got a shitload of random people who really don't know about sacredness. Like, I'm going to just be real with you right there. Like, that'd be like me having a thousand people behind me, rainbow tie-dye shirts, all these things, all this other shit. And they're like, oh, yeah, we're so sacred when it's like, where's the sacredness, bro? Anyone could say that. Anyone could say I could I could right. say that I can get like that. But it's like. Where's your real stuff at? Where's your traditions? Where's your culture? Where's your feathers? Where's your ancestral ties? You know, and that's where I like, I'm trying to say like, that's what I have and we need to use that. And if not, then I'm just going to continue my work here. I still support Decrim. I love it. I'm there. I'm a board member. We're rocking. We're changing the game. But I'm not going to discredit my work either. And I'm not going to discredit how I'm changing the game with traditional settings. You don't hear nothing about traditional settings in the psychedelic movement. I haven't heard anything about a traditional ceremony because it's like you're hearing about control study, John Hopkins, this, that, 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 that. Where is the traditional work? And I'm not talking about the dude or the woman who learned from a Lakota person or who went to this res and then all of a sudden thinks they're a proclaimed healer. Nah, man, this shit came to me. I didn't fucking go to a ceremony and be like, oh, man, I'm going to be a damn healer and I'm going to just heal every. Nah, man, this shit came to me. So that's why I think this shit is very sacred and beautiful. And I wish people could take more look at that. That's why some days I'll just flood my social media with like the shit with HBO or things. I want people to know like what native is moving like this. I know a lot of people in the native movement. I don't know one of them working with psychedelics like this. I don't know one of them healing many people with mushrooms. Like I look at, I look at the psychedelic movement in general. I don't see one native in there that's from this land base that's doing it other than down south. Oh, yeah, I got ties to Mexico. I got, yeah, yeah. But what about here? So that's where I'm coming to the point of like, let a man speak. Let a man who's doing the work speak. And if not, like, you're going to hear me. You're going to see me. That's why I'm glad I'm doing this with you, you know, because people, you know, listen to you, watch your stuff, you know, same with Double double Blind Mass. So I'm like, I'm getting this shit out there because I already did my little games, already sat in the back, already quiet, put my head down, already did all that shit. And it fucking hurt me. And it made me feel like a dumbass. Mm. And it's like, I already have this with me. I don't need to diminish myself any lower just because these people feel uncomfortable that they might lose their spotlight or they might lose their shit. That's where I think a lot of it is coming from because it's like, they they want the money. They want the, the podiums. I don't care about that. I just want people to get real access and real healing. I don't care about speaking, being on the podium. I'd rather have fucking people who've come here. Like, 
I'd rather have my bro Mark on here, Navy SEAL Team 5 Sniper on here talking. I'd rather have my other bros who's been through other shit talking. I'd rather have homegirls who lost mom. I'd rather have other people on here talking than me. Because to me, their stories are way more. There's a lot more people who've been on here. So that's what I want. Is I want people to tell their stories. But if I got to tell mine to people to tell their story, that's fine with me. Because I have a story to tell too, you know, and I have a story to tell with these mushrooms, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. And you just brought up kind of the other side of that coin. So it's like on the side of native rights movements and activating awareness around living indigenous culture and how it should be respected and honored. It may not have that psychedelics piece fully built into it, which is kind of a big element of spiritual tradition, which is a key tool in working through trauma. So it's missing there. And then on the flip side, in the psychedelic movement, it seems like a lot of the actual tradition, like indigenous tradition can be missing. And I know there are different groups, a lot of them in California that are embracing and doing like native only kind of healing circles and trying to bring in authentic people who have learned from passed down traditions to hold down ceremonies. But in the general kind of broader movement that's trendy, that really isn't talked about. And basically those two things aren't always married. Like I think is so obvious they should be, you know, I've had a guest on Darren Springer, who's done a lot of work with African psychedelic traditions. And he's like, at the fundamental level, when we're talking about using plant and fungi medicines, it's about checking in with the people whose ancestors work with these the most. Uh, and so that, that's what I think what you're highlighting. And that's kind of the disconnect that I keep seeing. And I love what you said too, about not always reading it from a book or learning it from another person. Like sometimes you go in and again, like Darren Springer says, you you bring it to the mushroom and it'll show you, you know, what kind of you're supposed to know or what you're supposed to intuit about how to do a ceremony, or maybe it's a certain place, or maybe it's a certain, so there's a lot of that too, of like, well, this is more in a certain tradition or, well, there's a lot of it that's like, well, I have this in me and I brought it to the mushroom and it kind of showed me what to do, right? Yeah, definitely. No, that's why I always like to, you know, I always like to tell people, leave all your stuff outside because it becomes problematic because it's like all that shit is artificial stimuli. Like everything that is in the modern context here is artificially made. My ancestors didn't make that. Someone else made that for an entertainment purpose to grab you, whether it's by this, by these, by these, 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 is all programmed to pull you in. But it's like this other stuff, It's if it pulls you in, it's really going to pull you in. It's it's there for a reason. And just like I always tell people, that's why I like the fire, because it's like it don't matter what culture or race you are, before the electrical age, you use fire. Whether you're Chinese, Viking, African, whatever. If you didn't have no power poles, you were using a damn fire, whether it was to cook, to keep your house lit, keep you warm ceremonies you name it you know so that fire is is in everyone's dna and that's one thing i like about when people come in here because it's like let this place tell you what's up let this fire let this mother earth let this you know sky creator they've they've dealt with humans far more than you've ever dealt with yourself so it's like just look at the fire have some medicine have some cannabis have some water some fruit whatever you need but just enjoy it and know you're in a safe place and remember why you came here. Remember why you're coming to take this medicine, why you're healing and why you want to sit here. 
because I didn't call you here. Creator, Mother Earth, this mountain called you just using me to get to you. Yeah. And I guess what are some of those other fundamentals? And maybe you just described it, what this ceremony is like for you. Or maybe you can tell me, I'm not going to reveal that, you know, you got to come to a ceremony. But uh, what are some of the, those tenets to kind of how you've learned how to use these medicines to connect with nature, realize, you know, we're one, like to really experience the connection and kind of the best use that you figured out for holding ceremony and, and using these medicines? Yeah, no, what they've taught me is to, um, to think, think before you act, because if not, you will make yourself a fool. So just think, just think and, and take a time to think, not necessarily like, oh, like, oh, oh, I gotta say, no, like, what do you really got to do? You know, sit down, chill out, relax, you know, because if you really need to do something, you, you shouldn't have came here. You know, you shouldn't have came into this work, this medicine, like, you know, so just sit here and, and always remind yourself, like, why you're here, you know, because you didn't come here for no reason. I mean, if you did, then there's probably a reason why you're being this way, you know, because you don't know yourself. You don't know your, who you are. You don't know what you want to do. You don't know what you're about. You know, you just lost, you know, and to me, that's it's very scary. It's very confusing, too. I've been there, still in there at times. You know, I just tell people, you know, you just got to focus because it's not easy. It's, I don't know, I just, because I can't, I can't say it's the easiest, you know. I've seen people who've had some of the hardest military background training in the military break down and, you know, everything. So it's like, I can't just sit here and be like, it's just hard. I've broken down and I've had moments, I've had meltdowns and, you know, I run it. So it's like, I just... For me, I just tell people, you know, just be ready, be strong and be open and know everyone in there is going through it, too. You're not the only one who's going through it or who's feeling something. And like we're all collectively here helping each other. No one is in here to like talk down or be a bad person to someone, you know, and if they are, you know, I say as as a community collective, you know, we need to talk about it and, you know, hash it out because, you know, obviously there's some things, you know, meeting random strangers, just like if I were to go into a random room and just start dialoguing with people, there's going to be some butt heads. There's going to be some, I don't think that's that, or I don't, I don't like that, or it's just going to happen. So like, to me, to minimize that, you know, you just got to let everyone know, like, it's okay. You know, we're all been hurt. We've all been lied to. We've all been through trauma. You know, we're all going to go through it still. And uh, we just need to understand that. What can we do to make it better? You know, and that's why I like the fire and the medicine and then just engaging in talks and the people and kind of going through what we've been through it. It helps out a little bit, you know, just like if I'm going through some something bad and then I hear my bro talking about something else that's far more beyond my own trauma. It helps me to be like, hey, you know, I'm OK. And now I could be here for him, too, if he needs help or she needs help, you know, and if I'm down, then it's cool to know, like, hey, they're there for me, too. You know, so I think it's just good to to build the community aspect of it, you know? Yeah. Again, this is a fundamental concept that you could apply that to so many things, but especially to develop kind of psychedelic community, work through these traumas, do any kind of collective healing. What a fundamental concept of like getting in the same space, acknowledging we're all doing the best we can. We might, we don't know each other. We're going to work through it. We'll just like, that's something that I think a lot of people get in touch with a little bit later in life that you kind of start to realize that and it really helps you navigate. So a really important principle to apply to any setting like that. 
And something that I don't always hear talked about in other kind of psychedelic circles and integration groups. Uh, so something really important to remember. And we've talked a lot about the the bigger psychedelic movement. And I know you're like, hey, I don't need to engage with every single part of that. I'm going to do what I know is good work. Let that emanate out, speak for itself, change people's hearts and minds. But how do you hope that this perspective that you have, and really you could say kind of the native spiritual tradition of this land infuses the psychedelic movement, or do you think it will always have to do its own ceremonies, have its own movement alongside the the big psychedelic movement that we're seeing get so popular right now? I think I think if it wants to be respected, then yes, it could work alongside but if people are going to continue to like deliberately and unconsciously and unknowingly like realize their behaviors are people could say whatever, but just horseshit, then um, you give me no option. You know, you give natives no option. There's a reason why natives don't like to share their ceremonies or teach people or show people, you know, there's not like we're just being asses about it or we're being this way. And I really do want to work with people. I want to work more with people, but I want to work with honest people. That's one reason why I want to get my tribes to, you know, you were talking about patenting earlier. You know, I'm not trying to patent it, but this deserves federal recognition and protection, you know, because that's one thing I want to have because I do want to lock this down for my people because my people deserve this. This is our ceremony. We got this sent to us before the psychedelic movement. Before everything that happened in this country, we were already in this Womkish doing these things. So it's like, we deserve what God gave us. And every human has that right too. But it's like, hey, don't get mad at us because we're taking care of what God gave us. I'm sorry that your ancestors fucked that up. And I'm sorry that your current leaders aren't teaching you about like respect and honor for creator and mother earth. And you haven't gotten that yet on this earth, but um, we're here. You know, but it's like, I just want people to realize, like, we're not bad either for wanting to protect our ceremonies and our people because there's some weird people out there. And and I hate that a lot of people in this space, they think that they're good people when it's like a lot of people conjure bad things. Like, you know, a lot of people who work with, like, let's say people who work with like uh, near death patients and things like that are people who use owl feathers, people who use different things like. Certain things conjure other things, you know, and other things are for meant for different reasons. If you're doing a death ceremony and there's really not no death around, <laughs> you're inviting it. You know, if you're braving objects right. and things that are meant for other purposes and you think that they're healing and they're this. I've seen it. I've had people come into my ceremony, you know, do, uh, you know, hape, you know, and I tell people like, we ain't never done hape. There's a reason why, like I said, we had everything here. We had the eagles. We had our acorns, our deer, our medicines, our sage, our elderberry. There was no reason for us to go anywhere to, like I said, oil and water don't mix. And I'm trying to tell other people that there's some human beings on this earth that are some of the oldest human beings here. And I'm talking where I'm at. I'm not talking the whole world. I'm talking where I'm at. There are some human beings yeah. that are some of the oldest human beings in the area, like us, the Piokachim, like. We're come from Oceanside. And then when the world flooded, we landed up here and this became our new place. So it's like we're old ass human beings. And that's what I'm trying to like 
get to the point of like some of these people who think just because they're going to some ceremonies and they're seeing these other people do all this other shit, it's like there's no good witch in our language. Well, and you can't always cobble together different pieces of a spiritual tradition. And I've done this. So many people are victims of this. And you just brought up a good point is because so many people are divorced from the, because everyone has a quote unquote indigenous culture where you are from for that land. There is a set of principles, a guiding worldview that was built authentically from that earth that applies to that area. Natural law, a, a huge, huge concept. And we like to think or sometimes we don't always acknowledge the geographical differences, whether you want to call them energetic differences, definitely ecological differences of different areas and how to operate or move in that area. So what happens is cultures get divorced from that. And I'm especially, I'm thinking of European culture that just starts picking and pulling from every different tradition or culture out there and combining them and mixing everything together. And like I said, I've done it myself, but you're just pointing out how that how that doesn't always work. You're invoking technology, spiritual technologies that don't go together every time. So I guess then it's really important to not try to engage or hold space for a set of traditions that you don't fully understand. Yeah, that'd be like me trying to be like, oh yeah, man, I'm an ayahuasca practitioner. And I'm like over here trying to like, I don't know shit about ayahuasca. I don't know shit about anything other than what I know, you know? So, like, that's where right. I laugh at some of these people. It's like, I don't know. It's cool, though, you know? If people get their healing, all to them. I don't knock anyone's healing. But, like I said, oil and water don't mix regardless. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we all want to, like, be part of that energy. And I get it. And that gets to this point of, you know, how to how to pay deference, how to support uh, natives and indigenous people who have done the work who have derived traditions, have taken ancestral knowledge or driving these kind of traditions like you're doing, what's the best way for others to support? I don't need to go out now and I heard bits and pieces from Shane and I'll start putting together my own circle using not the whole toolkit, not know what I'm doing, you know? So what's the best way to support that kind of movement, that kind of authentic native movement when it comes to psychedelics? Is it just showing up at the circle or are there other ways people can contribute? I would say show up and then also just give like homage to, you know, people do want to give respect to a native doing the work, you know, I'm doing the work, you know, I am a native who is doing this work. And, you know, if you want to give a shout out to the church or the people who've been here, you know, give us a follow, check us out, you know, but for the most part, I feel like I, I put out enough for people to get engaged. Like I do enough on my page, like all my content, what I post, my little clown things I do, everything I do is just like, you know, I, but I give enough and that's why now I'm just kind of like ready to just just let it out, you know, and talks, podcasts, doing ceremonies, you know, so it's like I just need to get ready and do my best because, you know, it's going to continue to go. And so is these other people in the movement. And, uh, you know, I don't I don't want to, you know, fall into some bullshit. So I just want to get my cards right, get things right and handle it, you know. So it's a really honor to be talking and just sharing it because, uh, you know, it definitely needs to get out now. And there's a lot of people out here come and get healing, you know, so. And it's not controlled settings. It's not, you know, scientists, doctors. I don't have any of that here. You know, I don't have any of those things here. So it's cool to know, like, we're getting results. And I've had over, like, like 60-plus people come through. And, like, to know that we're getting all that without all these other avenues that people have, that, that makes me think, like, what are they doing? Because they got these psychologists. They got 
the facilities, they got the funding, they got the doctors, they got the scientists, they got the mycologists, they got all that. And I'm just like, I don't have any of that. <laughs> well, yeah. How, how isn't the world healed yet? If you've got all that resources and you're doing it, what you say is kind of the best scientific way. Why has this healing not gotten to everyone yet? when someone is doing it just from the ground up and is healing thousands? Yeah, that's an interesting question. And not to put you at odds with any other psychedelic movement, like you said, you work with the decriminalized group, but it is just a reminder to look at the modern psychedelic movement, not as one thing. And there are a lot of people experiencing healing, doing it their own way. And maybe that's important. Maybe it's important to have a lot of different options for, hey, there are people that want that reassurance of a guy in a white lab coat in a setting to heal any kind of trauma. But I know there are a lot of people like me that don't really resonate with that and would probably lose it if that was the scenario I found myself in. So it's important then to, to showcase and highlight people doing it another way that can reach out to, to other people. Yeah, and it's free. Hey. <laughs> and it's free. That's probably the biggest thing about it is whenever someone... <laughs> Whenever someone's offering healing and they're charging you money, there's always a little bit of pause of, was well, it about the healing or is it about the money? So that, yeah, I think that's powerful vote of confidence for what you're doing that, hey, people are coming. It's free. It's like, man, it doesn't get much more authentic than that. And We're, it cuts out the bullshit. You either want to come or you don't. <laughs> right. Like not, I can't afford it, Shane. Sorry. It's like, no, that's not an excuse. Yeah, I even I've had that too, and I, I've flown people out before. Like I do do it all. That's why I laugh when people shoot me excuses. I'm just like, dude, like I've heard that one before. I've heard that one before. I've definitely heard that one before. <laughs> I've gotten that one before too. Hey. <laughs> but it's all good. Hey. In this whole conversation too, what I'm picking up is it's kind of like a call too to maybe rediscover our own traditions wherever you're from, and maybe not try to piece together everyone else's tradition. Like what you did was like, whoa, I got to go back to the fundamentals. I got to rediscover what my ancestors were doing. You get activated to do that by the medicine. So maybe that can be the call to do that as well for anyone who works with psychedelic medicine is maybe try to think about what traditions your ancestors used, what, how they worked with these medicines to, to find something authentic and real that might be more powerful. Where, where can people find you though? Where can people find the church? Where can people find you to connect with this? Because we just scratched the surface. You're doing shows. You're putting out amazing content. Where can people find you? So um, you can find me on uh, IG of the people for Creator Mother Earth, just the acronym, just the O-F-T-P-F-C-M-E, Creator Mother Earth. And then uh, you can go to my website, Church of the People for Creator Mother Earth dot com. That'll just, you know, give out you know, a little insight of my story, what I do, some some testimonials from people of the church. And then uh, you can email me there. You know, you want to get engaged with me, just go on the email page and just email me. And uh, that's all I have about now. I have, uh, I have this website and then my IG. Those are pretty two only things I have out right now. Yeah. And we'll definitely link all that up in the show notes. I'm just thinking here before we kind of move to my final three questions, you know, I don't want to put it out there, like make it seem like Shane is at odds with every other movement, you know, different native movements. Like you said, you've worked with them, you know, psychedelic movements, You've worked with all these things and you've been highlighting some discrepancies or some complexities that we don't always appreciate when we think about these things. But kind of as a big general question, you know, as more movements arise, as the cultural consciousness arises about respecting Native peoples, understanding the atrocities that were committed and trying to find some way of reconciling that, 
how do you hope this movement progresses into the future? Do you think it's a change to United States culture? Is it something that will never, I mean, these two parts can't really be reconciled. And I know I'm asking you to like deal with one of the biggest topics you could think of on the planet, but as someone who's done a lot of thinking and someone who's a member of that native community, is this something that can be reconciled? Will it infuse American culture with positive things? And, or is it always going to be like, Hey, we're here doing our culture, living our lives, and it's not really going to fit within that colonizer system that we still have. No, definitely. Um, I think about that all the time. I used to always think about like, damn, I wish I could just call up the Pope and be like, hey, man, like you're about God and call up every other church in this country, in this world and be like, hey, you're about God, right? Like, well, let's meet, man, because I'm about God, too. And like, because to me, that's one of the biggest problems that I have, especially being a church and then having traditional ceremonies, knowing that the church at one time probably wanted us off the face of the earth. In the name of God. And so, right. like, for me, that would be a big shift because you look at every politician, every mega, like, anything, even big oil riggers, all of them, most of them are Christian, Catholic, Mormon. You know, they all have those days. They go to church. They have family. They have all these things. So, to me, it's like, well, let's talk about God and let's talk about how, like, we need some, like, reconciliation of, like, you guys might have been wrong and you guys might have murdered us in the name of god and maybe like maybe you don't know that much of god because if you did i don't think you would have did that because we did what we did out of defense it's not like we just that first ship that landed on this this land base we could have just killed them they didn't have all the gatling guns and cannons and muskets and everything when the first ship arrived that was after they went back that was after they went and told spain that was after they went and got gunpowder that was after they did all these things but when they first came they didn't have all the, the, the stuff they had. And if we wanted to, the amount of natives and the amount of humans that were here on this land base, we could have acted like them. Could have said, oh, you don't believe in our way? and kill you. You don't burn this medicine? We're going to kill you. You don't do this? We're gonna... But no, that's what they did. You don't believe in this Bible? You don't pray to God? You don't believe in Jesus? You're devil worship. We're going to kill you. We're going to take all your shit. We're going to murder you. So for me, I think that would be a big shift. To get that recognition because like i said the jews the christian the catholics the mormons everyone else can get their recognition for god where's ours where's ours because we did that every single day we didn't do it on sunday we didn't do it this we worship god every single day and we were close to god every day and we were murdered for it our people our children our elders so to me i think that would be a big shift and then from there i think majority of america would realize like hey Maybe we do need to change our ways. Maybe we do need to start understanding this earth. Maybe we do need to realize that God, we're all God's children. We need to stop fucking worrying about our skin color and fucking where we come from and realize that we all need this water. We all need this air. We all need this land. We all need the stars and the moon and the sun for our kids to live happy and for those not yet born. And if we don't come to those terms, Jeff Bezos only said we're going to fucking try to leave us here to die and rot. And I'm tired of that shit. Oof. No, that's so true. And that's so much of what you're talking about. It's like, man, if we if we embrace traditions that natives created from living here longer than anyone on the planet, that feels like one of our last salvations. But I keep coming to like, do native groups even have an obligation to share those traditions? Do they need to save our ass? Or like, what is going to be any way to reconcile that? You know, it 
can you even? Yeah, when you read the histories of Cortez coming here, I mean, he wouldn't have gotten anywhere if certain native tribes didn't actually help him fight and do different. I mean, yeah, it, it's an insane dynamic to try to think about. And that's why when I threw that question same out to you. Same with the like, fur traders. Same with anyone. It's like you don't just land on this base and be like, oh, I know where all the animals are. Uh, no, nah, fuck no. You had to get a scout or a native, homie. Like You didn't fucking just show up and be like, oh, yeah, dog, that's where they at. That's where they're at over there. Nah, you had a scout or you had a native who fucking showed you where the shit was. Or you put a gun to their head and was like, take me to that shit. <laughs> right, right. So, so like, that's why I get tired of this shit. <laughs> something that I think everybody until we wrestle with that issue. And I mean, you got to make a choice either way. We either embrace the culture that was here first, revere them, elevate them, learn from them, let the knowledge flow down that way. Instead of projecting that we've discovered something higher, you know, no, you came here, you did horribly morally wrong things. Now it's time to elevate that culture is the only way you could ever recompense. So we either got to go that direction or we, you know, which seems like the U.S. government does like, no, we came, we fought a war, we won, we took over. And I think like right now it's kind of in the middle. People are realizing it's wrong. But what do you do? Do you get rid of America? Like, yeah, maybe. Maybe this was all wrong and it needs to start over from the beginning. And shit, I don't even know if I'm going to leave this in there, but like. Maybe all the Europeans need to leave and go back. Maybe all they know is just boots, guys, and guns. That's all they know is boots, guys, and guns. <laughs> it's like, come on, man. That's all you've done. That's all you've done is just brought men, put them in uniform, load them up, and just kill them. Whether you're killing someone else or you're killing them. It's like your own guys. Quit it. Yeah. It's just annoying, man. I get like that too, cause there's always um, cause there's Camp Pendleton, you know, and stuff by my house, and so like, there's always helicopters flying over, whether they're Halos, Apaches, Hueys, you name it, they're all flying over, and my kids get scared. There's times where like they'll fly low as shit, and the whole fucking house will shake, and I'm like, dude, like, just think of other countries, like when when children hear a jet or something, they're thinking like a fucking missile's gonna come, or they're thinking like gunships about to come raining down on their fucking family, and like. That shit hurts me because I'm like, dude, I don't care about your fucking war, bro. Like, no kid should be fucking feeling that. No family should be feeling that. Just like if someone came and fucking bombed America and killed a fucking whole bunch of families and all their shit in their housing complex and shit, like, it would be the same fucking shoe on the foot. So it's like, stop it. I hate that. And I hate, like, these political propaganda mind games that they play and that they, they, they just make everyone fight each other when it's like, there's a common enemy of the people in the world. Right. It's not people against people. There's a real enemy with these people and their technology, their guns, what they're doing, whether they're listening, whether they're gaining intel. Everything is intel. And they're fucking trying to figure out how the fuck the people are going to go. Because at the end of the day, they know if they can't control, the people are going to rise up. There's so many fucking people here that it's only a matter of time. It's only a matter of time before fucking humans are like, dog, we need to fucking go. And, you know, we're seeing micro versions of it, like with the capital, with all these things. And to me, like, Obviously, that those are there's there's created scenarios, but when people have enough, it's enough, and uh, that's what I think they're trying to get to to get to people yeah. to get pushed in the corner, to get everyone to bear arms, start shooting the police, to start fighting each other. So then they're like, okay, well we're gonna bring the national guard, we're gonna do this, we're gonna take a gun rights, and that and that, we're gonna start monitoring your phone, and start and then it's like we're already seeing it in micro versions everywhere, you know. And that's why I want the people to realize like, hey, we are the people. 
and we can come together as a whole, just like if everyone, not putting anyone down with the fucking flag, but everyone can rally over a fucking flag. You should be able to rally over fucking clean water, clean air, clean fucking food for your kids in the communities. Like, real shit. If you can get all fucking wet over this flag, you should be getting wet over fucking water, food, air, and communities. That flag has nothing to do with that shit. Human beings are older than that flag. Stand the fuck up. That's what's making it about humans. That same psychopathic urge to control other humans that led people to go and colonize is the same psychopathic urge that's still showing up today and showing up in different ways of how to control and manipulate groups of people. Now it's not converting them to a religion, but now it's converting them to follow a government and a set of mandates. And yeah, I think people are finally ready to cast that off. And that's why I see so much that native spiritual traditions that were born of the land that are based around human beings is what we need to elevate and like hold on to is like, no, this is the core of being human. All this other stuff is man-made bullshit that we don't need anymore. You know, you can, you can build all this up and it could still be wrong. You know, I get it. A lot of this stuff has been this way for a long time. This is how societies have operated. It could still be wrong, man. Make it efficient. It's like how smart people are. Make your shit efficient. For instance, McDonald's, they have enough money to make their whole menu organic and natural. Just like big candy. They have the money to make healthy candy. But no, dentists, big pharma, all of them pay each other because they know these fucking kids rot their teeth. They go in, get the caps, get that, get this, get that, get that. And it's like it's all fucked up, whether it's the colors, the thing. Just like my cousin, man. I have. It always sticks to me because I have kids, man. But it's like I have a cousin and her her two-year-old, you know, she died from a crayon. And I get pissed because it's like it's not the fucking kid's fault. If it wasn't for that fucking company pushing those commercials and pushing all that bullshit on these kids, it's like that's not company's fault, you know? Just like all this other plastic and shit. It's these fucking corpses. It's it's like if you're so fucking smart, make this shit right. Make it human. Exactly. It's like, step your game up. You're just killing us with your dumbass thoughts that you think are educated, but they're fucking leading us into the same fucked up mindset you got because you're fucked up too. And you just think you're not because you're rich or this or that, whatever. But you're still messed up here. If you can't honor the earth and the creator, like, those are simple fucking things. If we can't get on that kind of mutual moral framework and uh, kind of bringing it back to man what's good for humans if that isn't guiding every decision then yeah there needs to be some serious checking in with plant medicines with native cultures who have kind of best put together what that sounds like because they lived it. it that that's really the only future forward or else you know we all end up either in camps or in our homes waiting for some giant corporation to deliver the next product to us to feed us bullshit on the news. Like we need to get kind of break out of that, out of that framework. Um, Well, Shane, I'm sure people who have listened to our conversation want to hear more from you, want to hear more about your work. Where's the best place for people to find you, find out more about the church. Yeah. um, To find more about the church, you can go to uh, church of the people or creator mother earth.com. And on there, you'll find my email and my link to my Instagram page. And from there, uh, you should be able to get a hold of me through email or my Instagram page. And I'll have you leave us with three questions that I like to ask all my guests. And I have a feeling you'll have some really good answers for us. Uh, the first of which is just sharing with us 
a mushroom or fungus that you love and why? And this can be something you love to look at, something you love to eat, whatever it is, but just a mushroom you love and why? Um, I would have to say um, I love the albinos a lot just because of how um, in-depth they go on the journey and the things they'll show you that necessarily um, some other strains, I'm not going to say they won't show you, but I guess you could say the albino has a good way of um, just un unrevealing the curtain and showing kind of everything behind it. Love things that lift the curtain, that pierce the veil, if you will. So Psilocybe cubensis, the albino version. And then this relationship you've developed with mushrooms and fungi, what has that given to you? Uh, and this can really mean anything. Lessons it's taught you, spiritual understandings. What has that relationship given to you? Um, I think it's given me um, a better a better organic relationship with myself, those around me, and just in general, you know, just wanting to look at things in a better sense. Not saying that I'm perfect, but uh doesn't hurt to strive to be better and to be, you know, healthy in all sets, whether it's your mind, your body, your spirit, how you think, whatever, you know. And uh, that's one thing that the mushrooms have taught me is to take my time and build, you know, work on yourself. And uh, it's okay to not be where everyone else is. And you don't always have to rush, even though I've done that a lot myself, I still do it. But uh, it just really taught me how to, you know, embrace it and take it for what it is and just ride with it. Yeah, you have to love where you're at, appreciate where you're at. And it's always nice when something can give you that inner drive to grow organically on the path that's right. Amazing that a fungal organism can give you that. Uh, and then the final thing is, as people learn more about mushrooms and fungi, especially kind of Western culture gets more familiar with these organisms, starts using them more and more. How do you hope that positively impacts society? You know, what's our highest aspirations in the coming years as we start integrating fungi and mushrooms more and more into the mainstream? My, my hope for it is that um, the human beings that really want to engage in this medicine, honestly, I hope that it gives them an organic outlook and a perception on the reality of how we need to fix this, this whole earth, whether it's ourselves or communities or water or air, whatever. It's just, I hope it gives these people I guess you say the balls to do good because uh, there's just enough shit going on. And if these human beings that want to talk about being better and shit, it's like, well, man, let's do it because it's a long time coming and we need this shit now or heavy industrial complex is just going to fuck us all. <laughs> yeah, don't don't wait for instructions from headquarters, man. It's It's time to be good now. Well, Shane, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for sharing your work. Uh, really sharing your perspectives, being so open. And I know we touched on some topics that can be a little bit polarizing, everything else. So I appreciate you just sharing authentically what your work is, what your thoughts are. Man, it's been an absolute pleasure. As well. Thank you. Thank you.